0: watch it's real talk, man it's real talk, with your main Chip Washington, when it comes to information, the main got an arsenal, bring you up to speed, with what you need, he's the local and nationwide
1: news feed,
0: let's talk about it, dialect to do something about it, Chip got the flow wide open, if you got questions about it, man, it's the show that brings you to your raw, the
2: Here we go, here we go, here we go on this Monday. I hope you're doing okay. I hope everybody's doing okay out there. Uh, I still hear, do I hear music in the background? I'm hearing music. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking to my, my, my producers. But anyway, hey, we're here. The gang is all here. And uh, I hope that you are wherever you are. Um, I hope that where you, you guys are doing well wherever you are. I hear music. I hear music in my headphones, guys. So we can turn it down. But anyway, uh, thanks for being with us on this Monday. What is today's date? Today is the 12th day of July. Year flying by, isn't it? We're already in the seventh month of the year, doing our thing, making it happen. I hope that you have had a good week since the last, uh, well, actually, we hadn't been together in a couple of weeks. So uh we took last week off because of the 4th of July holiday. I hope that you had a good 4th of July holiday and uh, that you enjoyed yourself and that you took care of yourself and that you were careful and, and did the right thing. Uh, As far as uh, everything else is concerned, beautiful weather, beautiful day today. Started out a little rainy this morning, but turned out to be a very nice afternoon into the evening hours. Now, there are many ways, and you're probably asking yourself, how can I get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's a couple of three ways you can do it. You can actually, well, you're listening to us live right now on 91.7 WYXR on your FM label or FM side, rather. You can also catch us on the TuneIn app. Go to TuneIn, put in WYXR in the search, and hit the button, and you can hear us crystal clearly. Or you can uh, go to the website, wyxr.org, and you can catch us live as well. Now, if you don't uh, happen to catch the show live this evening, uh, we are a podcast, so you will be able to hear us when they post the show sometime uh, tomorrow afternoon. So anytime after tomorrow afternoon, you can hear us uh, wherever it is you get your podcast. All right. Got the business out of the way. We have a good show for you tonight. I think it's a good show because, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't a good show. Uh, We have some good guests. We're going to talk about some interesting things this evening. Uh, Sarah Houston uh, is going to be up uh, shortly. She is the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer. You know, there's a big water issue going on here in Memphis and Shelby County. I think maybe many of you have heard about. We'll talk about that with her. Also, Kamicha Wilson will be here a little bit later on. She is the founder of the Nail Institute. Uh, You know, you ladies and your nails, and you got to have your nails right, and you have toenails right, and whole nine yards. Well, Kamicha did something about that in 2017, and she is teaching folks how to make other folks look good. And in the second half hour of the show, we will have columnist, commentator, author, and anything else you can name. Uh, Otis Sanford will join me in the second half hour of the show. We're going to talk about a lot of the serious issues that are going on here in Memphis and Shelby County. And uh, get his uh, unique take on things. But as we always do at the beginning, we celebrate you. If you have celebrated a birthday or an anniversary or a special occasion, this is for you. First of all, happy birthday, happy anniversary, or happy whatever special occasion it is. And as far as birthdays are concerned, Rob Fisher is the announcer for the Grizzlies, the sideline reporter. His birthday is today. My friend Deborah Hammonds is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, Deborah. I know she's in New Orleans, uh, but uh, happy birthday anyway. Justice James, happy birthday to you. Kyle Williams, celebrating today. Mary Henderson, it is your birthday. Sheila Chandler, Happy birthday to you. Ursula Joy Woods is celebrating a birthday on this day. Yeah, little Beatles action going on right there. Charles Stout, it is your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Mario Wooden, today is your birthday. And I want to say a special, uh, well, first of all, belated happy belated birthday to, to DJ Lola, who's sitting here in the studio. Her birthday was last Wednesday. We weren't with us. Uh, with you last week. So, happy belated birthday, DJ Lowe. Appreciate you. And uh, a good friend of mine, a guy who has really helped me in this radio thing, his name is Jet Lucas. And uh, a lot of you all know Jet. Jet's been around in this town for quite a while in the broadcasting game. Tomorrow is his birthday, and I wanted to uh, uh, shout out Jet and uh, wish him a very happy birthday uh, and many, many more. Again, congratulations to each and every one of you out there who just had a birthday or celebrating today or having one coming up this week from RTM. That's Real Talk Memphis to those of you who are just kind of new to the game here. All right. uh, As we normally do this time of the show, some news and notes, uh, if you will. Uh, First of all, July Nation, rise up. This is your month. July, if you are, like I said, if you're celebrating anything in July, this is your month. And July Nation, rise up. Ladies and gentlemen, I have said this every week, and I will continue to say this until somebody is listening. We need to get vaccinated, those of us who are unvaccinated. This Delta virus is spreading very quickly. Forty nine percent increase in cases in this country in the last seven days. You heard me correctly. Forty nine percent of an increase in cases in this country, Mississippi, Tennessee, Missouri, Utah, just to name a few, are really experiencing major spikes in cases. Uh, the uh, the Center for Disease Control issued guidance uh, last week for in-person learning. You know, all of the elementary, middle, and high schools are going back uh, in the fall, and they are trying to figure out how we need to do this, in particular for children who are too young to be vaccinated. Three feet apart for desk, unvaccinated uh, students should uh, be wearing mask older than two years of age, and there could be a possible booster shot authorized for uh, those who are immunocompromised. Uh, when your immunization, when you, when you, when you're, um, uh, you know, when you can't really fight off diseases and things like that, uh, that is what that's all about. This is a serious thing, man. Uh, Nineteen thousand four hundred fifty-five new cases over the last seven days in this country. And as I said, that's about a 49% increase. And a third of those came from five states in particular, Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, and Nevada. And 90% of those cases are people who are unvaccinated. This is serious business. now. Cases are rising, of course, and it is starting to become a thing uh, not only here in Tennessee but nationally across the country and even across the world. Now, the Olympics is, what, in another couple of weeks, I think, and uh, the folks in Japan have decided there are going to be no spectators at any Olympic event at all, not even the ones that are outside of Japan proper, the ones in the, in the different provinces, because of the spike in COVID cases so high, they have decided not to have any fans in attendance at all. No spectators at all. This is going to be a really, really weird Olympics to, to, to watch. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to shift gears and talk about the heat. You uh, know it's hot here, but it's record heat out west in California, Nevada, Utah, Death Valley, I mean, they're they're averaging temperatures about 107, 109, 110 degrees, you know, on a daily basis out there. This is, uh, and, and this is, of course, is spawning uh, wildfires that are breaking out all over the place as well. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in, in terms of that, and it doesn't look like the temperature's going to drop down anytime in the near future. Uh, so I guess you just grin and bear it in, in, in terms of all of that, but that's, a, that's some serious heating. If you've ever been to... Uh, say Arizona in the summertime and I have Um, I was actually there once when the temperature was 113 degrees and that's that that was just a normal just a daytime temperature and I know people will say well you know the air is dry in Arizona I, I was drenched in sweat five minutes after I left my hotel room I was there for a conference before I got to the conference hall so don't tell me about dry heat I was soaked. Anyway, that's hot, and I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. You ever been to Vegas in the middle of the summer? Yeah, they can average about 113, 114 degrees uh, as well. So, you know, anybody, be mindful of, of the heat. We have a problem, ladies and gentlemen, and, it, and I know the first thing people are going to say is, well, that's a problem that's all over the country, but I don't live all over the country. I live in Memphis, Tennessee, and Shelby County. Um, violence, gun violence. Is at an all-time high. Uh, we have seen case after case. Ten people shot, four people dead this past weekend. Uh, you know, in our in our city, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the fourth of July, uh, there was a drive-by shooting that killed a seven-year-old boy. They have made three arrests in that case uh, as of now. Uh, another tragic situation that happened. Uh, there was a shooting early this morning, about 2:30. I think it was in uh, North Memphis, uh, where a, an 18 year old turned out, was shot and killed uh, by a known individual. and uh, we're told by uh, the girlfriend of the victim who happens to be pregnant uh, that this was over a dispute over $10. And if that is indeed the case, you know, we, we're, we're stupid. And, you know, about as low as we can possibly get in. I don't know if you saw her on the news, but you know, I mean, she's, she's, she's pregnant, she's 17 years old, he just turned 18, the father of her child, and now there's no father of the child. Nobody understands exactly what happened here or why it happened here. This is a bad, bad, bad situation. Now I don't know how many of you heard about the rapper, and a lot of rappers have been getting killed this year as well, for whatever reason but there was a rapper that was released from prison or jail not prison jail cook county jail on saturday night he was released he was walking down the stairs he had an ankle monitor on two guys jumped out of a car and shot him 64 times 64 times he was shot um right there on the steps of the cook county jail you know again you know these type of stories make headlines but I mean the tragic the tragedy behind it and it's a national news story. the tragedy behind it is just absolutely unspeakable. Um, you know we, we had our, our new police chief uh, CJ Davis uh, Chief Davis was in Washington DC to meet with the president uh, to talk about she and uh, several other elected officials from other states. We're there to talk about the escalating violence and what the government can do if anything to try to help uh in in that particular situation um did you hear about the woman who was a former city of memphis employee at the finance department for over 30 years she was let go in 2015. Uh, she was placed on—remember this black list that the, that the uh, police department had at the City Hall? It basically, if you were on that list, you could not come into the City Hall uh, for fear of being disruptive or what have you. Well, a, she, she filed a lawsuit against the city, and the city lost to the tune of $750,000. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit ruled on the case last week, affirming the lower court's decision— Uh, A jury awarded her one point one million dollars in 2018, including seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in damages. So there you go. And uh, Opera Memphis, uh, switching gears dramatically, uh, is moving from their East Memphis location. They're going to be moving to the Edge District, uh, pretty close to Sun Studios, Sun Records out there. So uh, that uh, should be interesting. And as I as I said earlier, uh, there are actually two new restaurants that are going to open in this building. We are at Crosstown Concourse right now, and there are two new restaurants that are going to open here. One is Wolf River Brisket, and the other is Abner's Famous Chicken. And I think Abner's does what chicken tenders. I, I believe I've never been there. Y'all been to, you ever been to Abner's? Y'all, know? is it good? Is it good? Lola says it's good. I'll be the judge of that. We'll find out. She said, nights. she said late night. She said late night, joint. So anyway, they're coming here to the, build, to the building in the fall. So both of those restaurants will be here. And uh, congratulations to the building for that. And Larry Brown was introduced as uh, the next assistant coach for Penny Hardaway at the University of Memphis. Larry is a very young and spry 80 years old. Uh, so I'm sure he can uh, lend a little bit of expertise on the basketball side to Penny and the Tigers. Go Tigers, go. And we are going to, with that, we're done with the news and we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, I'm looking at her right now, Sarah Houston, the executive director of our, I'm sorry, protect our aquifers. She will be here. and We're going to talk all things water with the water warrior. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. We will be right back.
3: You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. You're we'll listening be right
4: back. you WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis. This is Nancy, and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover.
0: There's really nothing better than a box of records.
5: Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs)
1: This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM. Established in 1999, Bentley Travel Services is a family-owned and operated travel services company with offices in Maryland, Tennessee, and South Carolina. They are proud to support WYXR and their mission. For more information, go to Facebook.com slash Bentley Travel Services.
2: It is your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us and very happy to be here as well. And happy to have my first guest with us. Of course, many of you are aware of the battle of, of regarding the Bahia Pipeline and uh, that, that, that back and forth that was going on. And, of course, nobody in the city or the county was in favor of that, of, of, of that particular project. Vice President Al Gore, former vice president, was here um, actually, protesting that as well. We're gonna delve into this a little bit, and we're going to very pleased to have uh, with me tonight uh, the executive director of um, uh, our aquifier. I'm sorry, what is what is what, what, what's the name of the protect? protect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, protect our aquifier. <laughs> she is. Whoops, she is Sarah Houston, A.K.A. the Water Warrior. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it.
4: Awesome, Chip. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Okay, so obviously uh, this battle has been going on for quite a while now in reference to the Bahia Pipeline. And suddenly, uh, the first couple of days of July, they decided they were not going to move forward with it. Explain to our listeners kind of what that was all about and uh, the reasoning behind that, if you wouldn't mind.
4: Right, right. So, you know, we put up a pretty formidable battle. You know, we had Checker Aquifer, Memphis Community, against the Pipeline. Sierra Club, Southern Vermont Law Center, we had city, county, state, federal folks, you know, really trying to figure out, you know, how we can prevent this pipeline from cutting through people's backyards, taking their property, and going through our drinking water well supply where water was being pumped for Southwest Memphis. Right. So, um, Bahalia Pipeline came out on uh, the Friday before 4th of July and filed an SEC file and saying they were canceling the project. And, and they cited, you know, a reduced need for crude oil, which you know in our mind is, is a good reason too. But we think that that has a lot to do with a lot of the uh, a lot of the opposition they've been up against.
2: Yeah, it it has been strong. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about that issue before, you know, on the show. It just seemed very kind of out of left field, out of nowhere uh, in terms of this. But you and I talked offline and you said, well, obviously, this is a, a, a major victory for the city of Memphis and Shelby County and the citizens that it would impact. But you are not necessarily convinced that the, this is the end of the story uh, when they were. Ask about why they pulled out. They were a little vague in terms of their reason. They gave a reason, but you seem to be a little suspicious. Talk about that.
4: <laughs> exactly, Chip. Yeah. So you know, it did kind of come out of left field. You know, it was a 5 p.m. Friday announcement, and we're all texting, calling each other, like, "Is this for real? Holy smokes! Like the <laughs> yeah. pipeline's canceled." So of course, we were just like super excited, but then we're like, you know, they they still want to be pushing around this crude oil, so. What really raised the red flag for us was that following Tuesday at city council, we had Corey Thornton, who is the um, Plains All-American attorney. He showed up to city council committee first thing Tuesday morning and was really lobbying hard against these upcoming ordinances that we still want passed to protect our water and protect their people, you know, from crude oil pipelines. And, you know, he came, he came in pretty hard and really was, explaining why they they you know disapproved of these ordinances and in the back of our mind well i would say the front of our minds, you know if this pipeline company is is canceling this project why would they care what we're doing at a local level
2: right exactly so,
4: yeah. so that does is raising some red flags they're coming back with another plan
2: so you know obviously and and if you're just tuning in we are speaking with uh, sarah houston she is the executive director of protect our aquifer and um we're talking about the bahia bahia pipeline project and i do know that uh, the city council the county commission both the city and the county mayors are are both against this and obviously applauded uh, the decision um but i, I guess everybody is keeping a, a, a wary eye on on all of this you know as we continue uh, to move forward but um i want to talk a little bit about you uh you are have been named uh, the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer. You are the first executive director. Congratulations, by the way. Thank
1: you. <laughs>
2: and uh, they call you the water warrior. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, as, as as the executive director of this um, very important uh, component in terms of uh, dealing with the water issue here, what are some of your uh, initiatives and what are some of the things that you want to do as you move forward?
4: Right, right. Great question. Well, You know, water is really complex. You know, you got water that touches every part of our lives in ways a lot of us don't even really think about. So I think for Protect Our Aquifer, we kind of have like a short-term and long-term look. One short-term is to kind of continue what we've been doing with this Bahalia Pipeline fight, but looking at other contamination issues around the county, we got some issues going on in Collierville. We've got more things going on in Southwest Memphis. We've got the um, defense depot now called Memphis Depot. Yeah. There's there's some you know contamination issues throughout our county that can affect our drinking water supply. So in the short term, we want to continue to raise awareness of those and you know how can we you know engage the community, invoke more water warriors to really you know bring our our. Um, government officials and other technical expertise to really, you know, remediate these issues fast so that we're not dealing with expensive, expensive cleanup projects when it actually reaches our aquifer system. So that's kind of the short term thing. Uh, Longer term, you know, we're, we're looking at talking with our neighbors in Fayette County and the rest of West Tennessee and even uh, Mississippi and Arkansas, because mm-hmm. this Memphis aquifer isn't just in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So we want to start talking with our neighbors to see, you know, what are their issues? What are their concerns? Um, Mississippi has actually sued us over the groundwater. So obviously they've got some concerns. Wow. Um, we're pretty hopeful Tennessee is going to come out on top in that lawsuit, but, you know, start to get, a, get the conversation going about how can we better manage this aquifer so we've got it, Clean and free-flowing for
2: generations to come. So, water is really one of the crown jewels of what makes Memphis Memphis. I mean, I mean, everybody talks about the clean, pure drinking water, and right. anytime someone wants to dip in and do something that may disrupt that whole uh, system scenario, people really start to galvanize and 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 and, and raise up in arms. But um, I want to talk about the title that you have (laughs) your your gnome de plume which is the water warrior now i did do a little research and i did do a little reading on you when you first uh got the the new position um and i want to know about the bike rides and the bike that you and your husband you guys rode all across the country being water warriors talk about that if you wouldn't mind yeah
4: we kind of had a quarter life crisis and um we were um we were both working salary jobs and you know, we were kind of thinking, like, are we just going to, you know, sit in these, you know, cubicles for the rest of our lives and, you know, in 40 years retire and then we get to go travel. And then we get to go have fun. Yeah. So we decided um, actually with some neighbors of ours that they, they were interested in bike touring. So bike touring is not big in America. We had never even heard about it. And it, there bike are a lot tour. of people in um, like Europe that do it. Yeah. But it's pretty much you take your bicycle, you get you get certain, um, you know, shelving units pretty much mounted on and you can pack on all your kitchen supplies, your cooking supplies, your sleeping stuff, your clothes, your water. And so you pack in everything you need to survive and you can just hit the road, gasoline free. (laughs) So we ended up doing that for almost a year and a half straight all over uh, Southwest US, down the Mississippi River. We were in Mexico, we went to Hawaii and all along the way we were learning about local water supplies, local issues and we interviewed everyone from local government to nonprofit, to scientists, engineers, farmers, um, just to, so, you know, learn about the water issues, you know, happening all over the world, really. And and that's really what ended up bringing us into Memphis and learning all about the aquifer issue here.
2: I was going to ask you, I mean, did you find, obviously this was an informational tour. Did you find that uh, there are many states and municipalities across this country that are dealing with uh, issues similar to what we were dealing with?
4: Yeah, Absolutely. So, you know, I think that was something that we were really kind of surprised about. Like even when we were in Hawaii, you know, we're in this like land of luxury, beautiful, lush jungle, (laughs) and they're trying to promote water conservation and they're trying to get people to, you know, use less water. And I'm like, it rains like buckets every day. Why do you need to do that? But yeah, um, there's, there's issues all over the place. They kind of vary depending on whether it's quality or quantity or, You know but um here in memphis you know we've got this mississippi river running right next door to us and we were surprised that this huge city wasn't getting its drinking water from mississippi river there's this underground unseen you know layer of sand that has just tons of water in it and so that's you know what we ended up while we were in Memphis interviewing folks here to learn, you know, what is this aquifer? Why is it so special? Why don't we need the Mississippi river? And that really led to learn a lot about, you know, some of these problems that are starting to crop up after all these years.
2: Wow. That is really amazing. And it is really fascinating. And I think uh, protect our aquifer is very fortunate to have you as their leader and, and then helming the way and, and, and continuing the fight for clean water here in the city of Memphis, the county of Shelby, and surrounding areas. Sarah Houston, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us tonight. I really enjoyed it.
4: Yes, sir, Chip. Water Warrior at your service, sir. We'll see you next time.
2: <laughs> thank you, Sarah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime there's an issue or something you need to, to get out to the public, Real Talk Memphis is here for you, okay? All
4: right, man. I really appreciate that. You have a good rest of your day. All
2: right, thanks. Take care. All right. Well, that was uh, Sarah Houston. Boy, that was, a, that was a really good conversation. And she is a pistol when it comes to water and protecting our water supply and uh, protecting our aquifer. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Okay, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears completely. And we're going to talk about what it takes to get those nails right and those Holes, right, and, and whatever else goes along with that cosmetology type of deal. We're going to talk to uh, someone who can uh, explicitly talk to us about that. Uh, she is the founder of the Nail Institute. Her name is Kamisha Wilson. She will join us after the break. This is Real Talk Memphis. Aren't you glad you tuned in? I am as well. We'll be right back.
3: If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send ship a message on his Real Talk show page.
5: Hey Memphis, my name is Ron Buck. I am looking forward to bringing you my show, Riverside, every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. I'll be playing rock and blues, old and new, and featuring Memphis music and events. I hope you'll tune in to Riverside every Friday at 1 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, Raised by Sound. my show a box of records plays every tuesday night 4 p.m to 6 p.m right here on wyxr 91.7 fm memphis tennessee
1: This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM.
0: Yo, what up, what up, what up? It is the president of Driven Type T. And you're now tuned in to Memphis' own WYXR, 91.7 FM. The station with the city soul, man. Come on, you know what it is. <laughs> Remember, never stop. Stay driven.
2: glad to have you on board with us and you know we've been talking during the break about many manicures and pedicures and, and and you Marquette system about French French man, French man. <laughs> I, I hope you guys can hear us Kamisha. I hope you guys can hear us because I'm saying funny stuff right now, so you're supposed to smile. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're just having a little fun here in the studio. And we're going to talk about, uh, hey, uh, manicures and pedicures and how to keep those nails looking right. But we're going to talk to somebody who really, I guess, had a dream some years back about training and teaching. And showing folks actually how to make you look good. We are here with uh, Kamicha Wilson. She is the owner and operator of the Nail Institute of Memphis, and I and I, I think she's got Tina Pilgrim with her, uh, who is the lead instructor and facilitator. Ladies, welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Hey, Thank Thank
1: right. so much. Thank thanks you. for having us. Well, well,
2: look, thanks. Thanks for being here. And you know, I know for a fact that this nail thing is 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 big, big business, and. You know, I, you know, DJ Lola is, is sitting in here, you know, with me right now, and she's one of my producers, and, you know, uh-huh. flashing the nails here. She's got multicolored nails, all these different nail colors on her fingers and everything, and, <laughs> and she's right. she laying it out and everything else. But listen, um, I want to talk a little bit about what made you decide back in 2017 uh, that we needed a school, a training facility, you know, to train these young folks uh, to be able to have a skill which is – is probably as beneficial a skill as as there is in town in in terms of doing the nail thing. What what made you come uh, to that place?
1: Um, Well, first of all, I've been a nail tech for 22 years myself. Okay. Um, And that has always been my passion. That's the only job that I've ever had. Um, So I was laying in bed one night and I talked to God and told him that I wanted to do something that no one else was doing. And I heard plain as day nail school, so I um, reached out to people that I know that are in the industry, and you know inquired about what it takes in order to do that. And they um, put me on the right track. Um, everything happened so fast mm-hmm. and so so suddenly. Um, but um, I've been interviewed by every news station there is, and um, the interviewers always ask me. What stumbling blocks did I come across as far as trying to open a nail school? And I told him none because stumbling blocks blessings don't have stumbling blocks. Well, listen they to just you. They, they just flow.
2: Listen to you. See, I was gonna say, you know, you know, normally when somebody says I've been interviewed by, you know, every media outlet in town, what? but so you hadn't been interviewed by me or real talk memphis so this is a whole nother level I'm just, <laughs> of conversation that, you, that you're having yeah. tonight. but but now i'm just i'm just kidding about that but but listen you know you're absolutely right when god gives you a vision you know and and, and you trust and you believe and you take that vision and you clearly did and you have moved it forward so let's lay out the nail institute how many do you have more than one facility how many students you have i guess this might be uh uh, th- th- this this might be a Tina question, but but kind of lay <laughs> but kind of lay all that out for for us, you if look you out will. In the, in
1: the, out at the corner of my eye, like oh, okay, you're up. You see see, you see you, how girl. smooth
2: you see what see how smooth I was when I just laid that on in that tour yeah. right there to her. Yeah, you segue did real good. Go ahead, <laughs> Tina, do your thing.
1: <laughs> We've
6: educated. Oh, I've been here since uh, December 18, 2017. Is when I came on. And I too, this is my assignment with her. God sent me to her to get her in order. You know, I, I have a passion for African-American businesses to get set up and operate like they should, right. uh, doing it the legal way, the right way. Right. And I told her in the interim, if we are gonna do this, we got to do it the right way. So I came in, started working my magic. She gave me free reign. She trusted me with her school trusted me with the students trusted me with everything about her business because she knows i mean she had to grow to know because i didn't know her in 2017 but after coming to the nail institute of memphis we found out we had a lot of people we knew in common we did <laughs> uh, especially my family the Blends. you know and okay. so all right uh, go ahead chip
2: no 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 i was I was, just, I was just listening to you and i was gonna say you know wh- how many uh, to this point, uh, how many people do you think that you all have trained uh, to oh be nail God. techs? Oh just just God. a just a roundabout figure, if you if you if Let you can. Let me give you
6: around about two hundred.
2: Round about two hundred. <laughs> wow! Since twenty seventeen. Yeah.
6: And I'm also going to say this: the industry has changed tremendously since the freestanding nail schools have opened up. We've turned out uh, more nail technicians than ever in the state of Tennessee because you have your freestanding manicuring schools. And that's why we fight so hard. Me and Kamisha, we're fighting not to uh, be deregulated. Uh, I'm a cosmetologist. I've been teaching and doing hair for 32 years. And uh, I watched the industry change so much. And I am determined that it's going to stay professional Chipman. So that's what I put into the students when they come here. Uh, I'm out and about in the community. If somebody says, hey, Miss P, I know I taught you somewhere, and you
2: gotta tell me where, cause I don't remember faces. <laughs> <laughs> we are speaking with Commissioner Wilson and Tina Pilgrim uh, from the <laughs> Nail Institute of Memphis. These two are a hoot. So listen, um, in terms of the people that you have have taught, break down the 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 the, the 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 training schedule. I mean, in other words, how long is it from the time that they become uh, students to the time that they graduate?
6: That can be kind of tricky, though. You know, we they're supposed to do 300 hours of theory, 300, I mean, 300 hours of practical instruction also, but, you know, life has to present itself sometimes to our students, and so we have to accommodate them, and we have to adapt to their situation. So um, what
1: would you say, maybe a mm-hmm. nine-month? Maybe. Yeah, give or take. It's typically six and a half to seven months if you are dedicated and attending school daily mm-hmm. or nightly, whichever you enroll in. We have day and night classes. Okay. Um, okay. No one else in the city is doing that. Um, I also know that no one else in the city is um, has the ratio that we have as far as students that have came out of corporate America and. Mm-hmm. Um left their jobs and went and opened their own salons we have so many students that are now african-american owned salons uh men and women
2: so this is i mean this truly is no no kidding aside a a a success story i mean what you're doing is you are you are training individuals you know in a valuable um skill set and profession uh to be able to do this and obviously since you have individuals uh, who have opened businesses all over uh the city and the county and maybe even the state that has to give you both a great sense of gratification does it not it
1: does. It does. mission accomplished it it does. Does. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. absolutely yeah i mean I, you know when i well i was sitting here and i was and i was i was thinking about this beforehand And, you know, we take a lot of things for granted and, you know, for the for the brothers and even the sisters, too. You know, you you mentioned, Tina, about being a cosmetologist. But, you know, fellas like to get their hair, you know, we like to get chopped up and, you know, looking good and and have everything clean. And I guess I would like to know what the percentage is, because it seems like it's growing of men uh, who are into the manicure deal and even the pedicure deal as well. Is that becoming and Marquette? My producer, one of my producers, is is raising his hand like, yeah, me, me, me. I mean, is is I mean, are you finding that to be a growing population in terms of uh, nail care and uh, anything it's, else?
6: It's not growing as much as the ladies are still. The ladies are still um, the percentage of men to the ratio rather, of men to women. Um, the men, they still think this industry is kind of girly or, you know, not masculine. Yeah. But what I tell them you providing a service to someone, you know, it doesn't matter if you male or female or what, what, what you identify with this is a, this is a professional skill. It takes skill to service, uh, customers and clients. Uh, just take chip. You get how, how many hours a day. Do you work? Uh how many hours in a week do you work? And I'm pretty sure at the end of your work week you're tired. You want to relax. Yes. You want to have a good pedicure done, have your feet done, have your nails done. I'm not
2: there yet. But I'm not there.
6: I'm
2: not there there yet, but that's okay.
1: You can answer your own question then.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, no, because I do know that there is a growing population of men who do, you know, really appreciate especially the nail thing. I mean, I, I know guys that, 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 that do that myself. And, and you know, I get my hard time just because I'm just irritating like that. But I do know that, you know, it makes them look good and it makes them feel good. And it's a part of personal grooming on the serious side. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we've
1: had guys come in through the program and graduate. And then there is um, more so me that actually that will patronize getting the services done. Exactly. Um, compared to back in the day. Mm-hmm. it's more popular with me in that way but as far as enrolling in school not so much we have um majority of uh women that are in like a um, stated area stated area i'm sorry in corporate america mm-hmm. that um where we previously in corporate america have now since left and you know opened their own salons yeah. so
2: now before i let you both go um is is this just one, in, is this one school in particular? Do you have like off, offsets or is this just one particular branch of instruction, you know, in terms of the Nail Institute?
1: It's one particular instruct right now. Okay. Um, oh, I yeah. like
2: that. I like that.
1: Um, we were at um, a union location in the Union Center building. Union our Center. Our first um, oh. three years. Okay of um, being open and operated. Um, we since moved to the um, Hillshire location, which is off the of Wheaton Road, um, within this last year. So when we moved, we moved to a larger location, mm-hmm. whereas our students would be able to um, comfortably do demos on each other, um, receive you know training from instructors, um, and also to service the public when we do open to do so. Right. So the location is larger from where we we moving on up like the Jefferson.
2: So, okay, 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 George and Wheezy, I got you. So, 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 before you go, um, anyone who is interested in learning more about the Nail Institute of Memphis, go. Okay.
1: The Nail Institute of Memphis, first of all, let me say this, I should have said it earlier. We are the first freestanding school, not only in Memphis, but in the entire state of Tennessee. All right. No one- had one. All right. We can be found on Facebook, the Nell Institute LLC. We can be found on Instagram, choose underscore NIM, which is our, the initials for the Nell Institute of Memphis. We can be called at 901-602-6118 if you're interested in enrolling. In
2: Kamicha Wilson, Tina Pilgrim, thank you both for taking time to come on Real Talk Memphis tonight and talk nails and and manicures <laughs> and pedicures and the whole nine. You. I but have to like,
1: challenge you chip.
2: Yeah, well, that did, well, well, you know, you know, oh, Jesse Jackson.
1: Can't hear you, I know, I'm, huh? I'm
2: going to say this. You know, like Jesse Jackson always says, keep hope alive. <laughs> thank y'all for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you thank soon. You so much for having us. All right, y'all take care. Take care. Yourself. Okay, you too. Uh, okay, bye bye-bye.
6: bye-bye.
2: Well, that was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed (laughs) talking about Nail Care, the Nail Institute of Memphis. And listen, if you all want to change careers and and midstream and, and learn how to do something that a lot of folks are interested in, the Nail Institute of Memphis is the place for you. One final break. When we come back, we are going to talk with my man, Mr. Otis Sanford. This is Real Talk Memphis. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about you're Real Talk. We'll W-Y-X-R be right back.
4: 91.7 FM, Memphis. This is Nancy, and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover. There's
0: really nothing better than a box of records.
2: Hi there, this
5: is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee.
2: I hope you have enjoyed the show so far as much as I have. It's really been a, a lot of fun. And now I'm going to talk to a man who I, first of all, I have, I have extraordinary respect for. Uh, he is, you know, in, in a word, many things, but he's a columnist. He is a commentator that you can see on ABC 24. He is an author uh, of a couple of great books, as a matter of fact, and uh, one of them I actually have. Uh, and uh, he's also – the and, and I have to mention this at the top, he is the new president of the Memphis Rotary Club and the first African American ever to hold that position. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Otis Sanford, Otis, how you doing? Chip, how are you? Good to see you. Man, hey, it's good to, be, it's good to have you on the show, and it's, and, it's, and it's good to visit with you always. And first of Thank all, you. congratulations on being a name, the new president of the Memphis Rotary Club. And as, as mentioned, you are the first African-American to hold that position. So first of all, how do you feel about that? And moving forward, what, what do things look like for you?
5: Well, I certainly uh, I shouldn't have been the first <laughs> okay. African American. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm 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 pleased to serve. Uh, I um, I've been a part of Rotary and the Memphis Rotary Club since 2007. Uh, so I have about 14 years uh, of service there. Um, and, and, and as I look at it, Chip, uh, I see a lot of similarities between the Rotary Club and journalism. Okay. Uh, because my journalism all, has been all about public service yes, all of my life. That's what journalism does. Yes, we serve sir. the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Rotary Club does the same thing with great projects. Uh, we have uh, fabulous speakers who come to talk about important public policy issues on a weekly basis. Uh, we get involved in a lot of different uh, things that help the community. We've been doing food pantries ever since the pandemic started last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, uh, we read, we we have a Rotary Readers that uh, we read to children in uh, elementary schools. Um, and I have several other things in the works uh, that hopefully will raise the profile even more of Rotary during my year as president. So. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot of work, as if I don't need another thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm enjoy I'm enjoying it so far, uh, and I'm looking forward to
2: the year. Well, if anybody can uh, move it forward, uh, it certainly is you. So I appreciate I, that. I want to jump into uh, to some uh, serious uh, topics here. Um, you know, as you are more than aware, and as you have more than than, than spoke on many occasions. Uh, the city of Memphis is really going through some obvious uh, major challenges. And, um, of course, none to me is, is more important than the crime situation that we're dealing with and the violence uh, that we are dealing with on a daily basis. When you look at the landscape of where we are right now, and it's, it just seems like there's no, dis, uh, no regard for anybody, no regard for human life, no regard for children, no regard for anything or anyone what, what what goes through your mind?
5: Uh, I'm very troubled by it all. Uh, I think you just uh, encapsulated it all right there uh, with your uh, question. This is a very troubling time. Again, it's not just Memphis. You have a lot of major cities uh, who are wrestling with um, violent crime right now. And Memphis is certainly uh, right in the middle of all of that. You mentioned children. I mean, we have a lot of children who have been shot and killed. Yes. Uh, I, I think it was outrageous what happened to Kelby Shorty uh, on on July 4th night. Yes. And I'm glad that they have some people arrested as a result of that. I'm waiting to hear exactly what happened uh, there um, because I, I want to know that. Uh, but this is troubling. Uh, I did see today that the new police chief, uh, C.J. Davis, was at the White House. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking about this and she was actually quoted on national news uh, outside the White House. Uh, I'm encouraged by her uh, appointment as the new police chief. I think she will bring um, uh, some fresh blood and some fresh thinking uh, to the issue. But this is a troubling thing. I mean, I when you look at all of the um, tweets that we get from the police department, and it's one shooting after another, yeah. one Homicide after another, yes, yes. all over the place. It's mm-hmm. it just it's weary. Yeah, yeah I, I'm tired of it, and and the community has to be tired of it as well. We have to address that.
2: Yeah, this is this is the this is the problem that you know we all say the same thing. It's like the same sheet of music. You know what I mean? And 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 mm-hmm. just just flipping the page, but there I mean, the solutions and what we need to do. People are tired of it. People are angry. People are frustrated, and we all need to get together and do it. But. But, you know, what are the substantive answers that that, that we need to, 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 to have to be able to try to curb this? But like you said earlier, uh, this is not just a Memphis problem, but this is a national problem a, a, a as well. But um, I want to jump into the local political scene here. Of course, the budgets uh, being, you know, approved for the city and county government, you know, as we move forward to another year. What do you where do you see things in terms of of uh, the political landscape you know, here? Um, are, the, are the two governmental entities doing uh, all they need to do or do you see more things need to be done?
5: Well, I think for the most part, based on uh, their constraints and when I say their constraints, I'm talking about how much they can do based on the amount of money that they have to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are doing fairly well. Um, both the city and county. Uh, it is not easy uh, to run a city uh, or a county. Uh, last year was a very challenging year, as you well know, with yeah. COVID. Yes. We had, um, you know, unemployment was uh, at, its, at the highest it's been in I don't, probably in my lifetime. Uh, it shot up because of COVID. Uh, so the revenues were not coming in uh, the way they are, were supposed to. The good news, especially for the city, and I, I don't know this specifically for the county, um, but the federal dollars that are coming into the city uh, as a result of uh, the COVID funding, I think will help uh, the city uh, do some things, especially with uh, law enforcement uh, and and even with uh, employment. Right. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of talk and a lot of debate about um, police budgets and all of that. Um, but the fact is we need a good police department uh, and we need good police officers. Uh, and with all of the lack of help that we get from the state government in terms of uh, coming up with laws that allow people to carry guns everywhere, yeah, uh, we we need to have a well-trained police department. And I think some of these federal funds will help with that. So overall, city and county, uh, I'm pleased with, um, with, with the direction that they're going right now.
2: We are talking with uh, Otis Sanford. Of course, um, he is no stranger to e- any of us who have been around Memphis uh, any <laughs> length of time uh, at all. And he is uh, sharing his viewpoint on all things Memphis and, uh, and Shelby County. And, and, and Otis, before I, before I let you go, uh, if you had, you know, one wish, um, you know, for us as a city, for us as a community, um, I know you, you you spend a great deal of time thinking about this city because you mm-hmm. have spent a majority of your time covering this city in a in a in a, in a, in a variety of venues. What would it be? Right. What would it be? Well, right
5: now, it's what we just talked about uh, at the uh, outset of our conversationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we could get a better handle on our violent crime. I wish we could reach the people. Uh, who are committing these crimes uh, for whatever reason and try to find out what's going on with them and try to deal with those situations. It could very well be that, um, you know, there's there's an effort that has been going on in Memphis for quite a while trying to look at what affects, especially young people and and young African-American people in this community at an early age, what kind of trauma have they experienced um what are the what are the childhood experiences that lead them in the wrong direction right uh, i do think we need to spend more time trying to do that i mean the, the violent crime is a drag on everything else that we try to do memphis is a great city yes i love the city mm-hmm. uh and i always have i said that in, in 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 the book that you mentioned uh earlier yes you did yes, you but did. it is a place where um sometimes the beauty the charm the soulfulness of memphis can get dragged down by uh the craziness and the silliness of of violent crime yeah and it makes people feel like they're not safe so that's the one wish that i would have for memphis is that we try to get a handle on that and try to solve and reach some of these people who are doing the bulk of the violent criminal activity and try to and
2: try to turn that around Oda Sanford, thank you so much for taking some time and expressing your thoughts and your opinions. You know, I value them greatly, and I will have you back on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chip. It's always good to talk to you. All right, take care of yourself. Thank you. All right, you too. Okay, Oda Sanford, ladies and gentlemen, and as we uh, about to wrap up and get out of here, Marquette Walker has been a producer on my show for the last two plus years. This is his last broadcast tonight, and I wanted him to say goodbye. But first, I wanted him to say, "I want to say how much I value you and how much I appreciate you." He's off to college, and he's going to be a success, and he's going to be a name that you all are going to know at, down the road. But Marquette, thank you for taking some time um, just uh, just 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 to be with us for the last two years. I'm going to miss you, and I'm real proud of you.
6: Most definitely, I appreciate you so much, Chip. Uh, this was a blessing. Uh, Stan Bell first let me know about this show, um, I was you know, instantly trying to hop on the train because I knew it was going to be a
2: success. (laughs) Well, listen, man, thank you so much, and God bless you and your family. Really appreciate you and uh, all the best. Jack, play us out of here. And uh, listen, this has been a great show. Thank you so much for being with us tonight on Real Talk Memphis. As always, I value you as a listener. And if you like what you hear, go out and tell somebody. Uh, Talking Memphis is next. Robbie Grant, uh, JB Boyd, and their special guest this evening. So in the meantime, in between time, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Be good, be safe, take care of each other. God bless. I'm Chip, and I'm out.